Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. Hello there. I'm your host Sohali Khan, and as always, thrilled to have you back on the Hubhopper Original Storytime with Sohali Khan, powered by Juggernaut Books. I'm going to open this episode with a few fun riddles. Let's see if you can answer my questions correctly. Hint: These riddles also hold the clues to today's story, so pay close attention. Why did the teacher come to class with her sunglasses on? Because her students were very bright. Here's another one. When is homework not homework? When it's done in school. And the last one. What animal cheats in exams? A cheetah. How many of those did you get right? And more importantly, could you guess the theme of this week's story? That's right. We're going to school. Childhood is the best time of our lives and school years are something all of us get nostalgic about. This week's story will make you fall in love with the carefree days where we have pet names for teachers and code language only our closest friends understand. Aren't we all super creative when it comes to this? Night of the Doberman is a story written by Lavanya Kartik and is part of a book titled Adventure Stories Flipped Anthology Series published by HarperCollins. Today we're going to listen to a short version of the story. Without further ado, drum roll please. Let's get started. It's a dangerous plan, Monkey said. I can help, replied Nana. We'll have to be quiet. I can be quiet, said Nana. We'll need to go gorilla. I can be a gorilla. Not gorilla, Monkey snapped at her little sister. Gorilla. That means we must be stealthy like a ninja. Nana glowed. I tried not to look too nervous. Please, Samira Didi, Nana begged. I can help. I even have a jungle name for myself. I could be Meerkat. You cannot, Monkey said. In this jungle, we earn our names with our actions, not by borrowing them from our favorite stuffed toys. I flinched. Monkey was always hard on Nana, but she and I had earned our jungle names the hard way, playing pranks on girls in the other dorm rooms, accepting dares, even spending an hour inside the haunted tool shed behind the auditorium. It was a time-honored tradition in our boarding school, as old as the school itself, some people said, and some of the pranks and dares were legendary. You got to choose your name, but only when you'd earned it. I know, Nana said unfazed, but I can keep watch for you. I'll warn you if there's trouble, just like a meerkat. Look, I even have a signal. It's a bird call. Nana cupped her hands around her mouth. A horrible shrieking filled the room. That, said Monkey, when our ears had stopped ringing, is no bird call. And for the last time, no, you are too small to be a part of this. Or to have a jungle name, nobody gets one before they're in grade six, at least. Don't tell me you feel sorry for her. Monkey glared at me as I watched Nana skulk away. I shrugged. I liked Nana well enough. She was quick and smart, even if she was three years younger than us, and she clearly hero worshipped Samira, even if her older sister couldn't see that. She's a baby, Monkey frowned, and if she gets into trouble, I'll never hear the end of it from Mummy. Every weekend when I call home, that's all she asks about. Is Nana all right? Am I looking after her? Is she eating enough? It's so annoying, 
Then she turned, grinning. So, ready for tonight? The whole thing began because of a poem. Monkey wrote it. I drew a cartoon to go with it. Sixteen lines of perfect rhyme, impeccable meter, brilliant character analysis and incisive humour was how the Doberman herself would have described the verses had they been in one of our boring old English textbooks. Until, of course, she looked up at the title or down at the little cartoon accompanying the poem and discovered that it was about her. Deadly Yar looks just like her, down to the fangs and the red devil eyes and all. The rest of Class 7C would have brayed if they'd seen the picture. As for why we called Miss Violet Braganza the Doberman, let's just say we'd have loved an English teacher with the sweet nature of a Labrador or the patience of a retriever. Instead, we were stuck with sharp-faced, humorless Miss B, who slashed your grades if you didn't like the way you held your pencil or used an eraser too often or sneezed in the middle of her class. The senior girl said she even had the principal and staff running scared at the sight of her. But back to our poem. One minute we'd been at our desks at the end of geography with Miss Mani, guffawing over the crumpled sheet of paper that Monkey and I had worked on all day. And the very next, the Doberman loomed before us. I slapped the sheet of paper into the nearest book I could find. The Doberman's eyes narrowed. Samira, Fozia, grinning little monkeys as usual. Yes, miss. No, miss, we chimed in chorus. Hand in your assignments, she screeched. Now! We joined the great rush of girls slapping notebooks onto the teacher's desk. The Doberman, when the mood got her, was perfectly capable of refusing an assignment because you handed it in too slowly. The poem's safe, right? Monkey whispered. Uh-huh, I said, wondering where I'd hidden it. I mean, if the Doberman got hold of it, we're dead. Monkey grinned. Then she saw the look on my face. Where did you put it, Limo? She whispered, but she already knew. We both did. Uh, miss, I stammered. May I have my notebook, please? I've... Haven't finished? That's a straight F if you take it back now. No, miss, I've just, uh... Monkey yanked me down into my chair. Say nothing, she hissed, or she'll get suspicious. Look, it's simple, Monkey said, as we watched the Doberman march off to her next class, our notebooks in hand. We run down the corridor, bump into her, making her drop the books, and then help her pick them up. I'll distract her, you find the poem. Right. I took a deep breath, lunged out into the corridor, and... Oof! The floor rushed up to meet me. Sorry, a small voice said as Monkey helped me up. Nana! Monkey groaned. What are you doing here? I rubbed my knees and watched sorrowfully as the Doberman disappeared from view. Miss Nair sent me to tell Miss Bose that the flower arrangements for the annual teacher's dinner tonight have still not arrived. And what were you doing? Change of plans, said Monkey. We'll bump into her outside the staff room after last period. Bump into whom? Nena squeaked. Why? Can I come? I can bump into people. Stay out of this, Nena. We dashed out of class as soon as the last bell rang hurtled down five flights of stairs and raced to the staff room. It was empty. They left early, 
a familiar voice squeaked, for the teacher's dinner. Nana, what did I say about staying out of this? Monkey glared at her before darting in and making straight for the Doberman's desk. An instant later, she hissed, The books aren't here. Nana's eyes glowed. Why? What's wrong? She's probably taken them home to correct. Who? Tell me. Nana, tell me, tell me, tell me. So we did. Now what? She stared at her sister wide-eyed. Monkey took a deep breath. It's a dangerous plan. An hour later, I was staring at the diagram Monkey had drawn in her rough book. Maybe we don't need to do all this, I said hopefully. Uh-huh, Monkey didn't look convinced. Maybe she won't notice the poem or realize it's about her. Her name is in the title. Maybe she won't know we wrote it. It's in your notebook, in my handwriting. Maybe she'll... Limo, Monkey sighed. It has to be done. At 9.30 that night, we headed out. Just before we swung ourselves out the window, we looked around the dark room at the eight other beds in it. No one stirred or made a sound. The monkey said nothing, but merely raised a finger to her lips. Across the room, eight hands rose as one to make the jungle sign of secrecy. We clambered over the windowsill and down two floors, clinging to the ivy growing thickly all over the school walls. We sneaked past our sleepy watchman, dashed across the football field and swung ourselves over the low wall of the vegetable garden onto the crumbling path leading to the teacher's quarters. That was the easy part. Now, here we stood in the dark, outside the Doberman's cottage, staring at the paint peeling off her front door. It was a cold night in December. Despite my jacket and the hoodie pulled over my head, my teeth chattered and my hands were slowly turning to ice. It's 9.47pm, I peered at my watch. We have... Abruptly, Monkey lunged behind a juniper bush and pulled something out. Something small and skinny, wearing a puffy jacket, boots and a woolen hat over what looked like thin penguin print pyjamas. Nana, Monkey sighed. Why? I told you I'll be your lookout. I'll keep watch. I'll be your mere... Go back to your dorm monkey hissed. Now! We watched Nena crawl over the wall and drop down out of view on the other side. Poor thing, I said. She just wants to help. I know, monkey replied. But if she got caught or hurt, she bit her lip, frowning. Your mother will give you hell, right? What? Yeah, that too, monkey said. Come on, Let's do this. We turned towards the Doberman's door again. Monkey, I whispered suddenly afraid. What if someone catches us? What if she finds the poem? Monkey countered. What if there's someone home? Have you heard the Doberman mention her family? No, but have we ever, ever seen her family at any of the school carnivals or the Christmas pageant? No. Have you ever been to her house? Of course not. I have. Monkey looked triumphant. She reached under a potted plant beside the door and held something up. Her spare key, she whispered. 
I'd carried some notebooks from school for her once last year. We came all the way to the door before she realized she'd left her purse in the staff room. So you've been inside? Monkey frowned. I went as far as the table in the front room. Great! But you could tell the house was empty. I listened to the keys scrape quietly in the lock. Then she stepped over the dark threshold and vanished inside. I waited. One second, two, three. This is my fault, I thought. I couldn't let her do this alone. I stepped in after her, shuffled forward and, oof, walked right into Monkey. Shh, she hissed. Sorry, I mouthed, closing the door quietly behind me. Can you see the notebooks anywhere? Weak light from the lights along the path filtered in through the windows. A lone clock clicked somewhere in the room, marking each second marching by. We peered around the dark room, our eyes slowly getting used to the shadows. Tables, chairs, bookshelves, but no stack of notebooks. We tiptoed into the room beyond, on one side of a small corridor. It held a table, a chair and... There! Monkey whispered, pointing at a tall stack of notebooks on the table. We dashed forward. She pulled out her torch, shielding it with her hand and aiming it at the stack as I started to pick up the notebooks one by one, looking for mine. Got it! I gasped. I grabbed it up and flipped it open. There, right in the beginning, was our poem. I gulped. The Doberman would most definitely have seen it and known whom to punish for it too. Triumphantly, I stuffed it into my pocket, then replaced the stack exactly as we'd found it. Monkey snapped her torch off and we bumped fists with matching grins, turning to leave. And froze as the lights snapped on. Who are you? And what are you doing here? In the doorway before us stood a dark, hunched figure. My heart thudded wildly in my chest as I struggled not to scream. Monkey's fingers tightened around my arm, holding me steady. A very old lady with a heavily wrinkled face stood before us, hunched over a walker. We stared at her eyes, roomy and large behind her thick glasses. At her severely arthritic fingers clasped around the walker. At the cloud of wispy white hair fluttering around her head like a halo. She slowly shuffled forward to get a better look at us. No wonder we'd never seen her before, I thought. She probably never left the house. Sorry, I heard myself squeak at last. We, we didn't do anything. Hmm. She didn't look impressed. We thought the house was empty, Monkey said. We just wanted... Who are you? Monkey. Lima. We chimed without really thinking. The old lady looked up sharply. Her eyes moved slowly from us to the stack of books, then back to us. So you're in Violet's class? She asked. Yes, ma'am. You have one minute to tell me what you're doing here, she said. Let's see it, she said, when we were done. Huh? The poem. Give it to me. With a sinking heart, I reached into my pocket and handed it over. She brought it up close to her glasses and frowned. On Miss Braganza, she read aloud. 
Be warned, for the subject of this stanza is that vicious beast, Violet Braganza. The old lady made a choking sound and glared up at us. Do you know who I am? she asked. Miss mm, Braganza's mother? Monkey guessed. The old lady grunted and continued reading. We stood there shaking in our boots, listening to our poem being read out in her quavering voice. I closed my eyes, waiting for the worst. That's why she's called the Doberman. Mrs. Braganza had reached the last line. Silence filled the room. And then, Yuck! 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 My eyes flew open. Something strange was happening to her. She was shaking and wobbling like a jelly, making the most awful wheezing, hiccuping noise. Oh my God, I gasped. Monkey, she's having an attack or something. No, she's not, Monkey said dryly. She's just laughing. Doberman, old Mrs. B sputtered and shook. Damn right you are. And that picture, deadly, down to the fangs and tail and all. Thuck! Something thudded against the window pane. A terrible and familiar screeching followed. Nana, Monkey hissed. That's her stupid bird call. We rushed to the window. Wait, Mrs. B hissed and snapped off the lights. We peered carefully through the curtains. Halfway down the dimly lit path, striding towards the cottage, was the unmistakable bony figure of... The Doberman, Monkey and I chorused. She's an hour early, Monkey glanced at her watch. My Violet was never one for having fun, Mrs. B observed. She's probably rushed everyone through dinner and dessert and sent them home to bed. A shout rang out outside. Who's there? We froze. The Doberman was standing still peering at someone walking towards her. We watched in horror as Nena strode towards the Doberman, dressed in nothing more than her penguin-printed pyjamas and a pair of socks. She stared straight ahead, her face completely blank, her skinny arms stuck straight out in front of her, right past our teacher. The Doberman lunged forward, grabbed Nena by the shoulder and swung her around. Nena looked slowly around her, first confused, then alarmed, then absolutely terrified. She looked right up into the Doberman's face and screamed. For the briefest moment, Doberman looked terrified too. She snatched her hand off Nana's shoulder, her thin face taut, her eyes bulging in fear. Then a look of confusion transformed her face. Nana had thrown her arms around the Doberman's legs and was sobbing loudly against them. Miss, she wailed. Miss, it's happening again. Calm down, child, the Doberman snapped. What's happened again? The sleepwalking, miss, Nana howled. She's going to get us caught, Monkey gasped. You think? A voice murmured at my shoulder. Mrs. B had made her way over to the window. Looks to me like she's distracting Violet. Classic jungle move. Oh, miss, it's not my fault. Nana sobbed, still hanging on to the Doberman. I didn't mean to. All right, all right, now stop that dreadful noise. But miss, the matron will scold. The wailing grew louder. For heaven's sake! We giggled, watching the Doberman struggle to free herself. With one final tug, she broke free. All right! 
Now go on, back to your dorm. Miss, I'm scared. Please take me. Brilliant, I whispered. The monkey said nothing, just watched as the Doberman grimaced and then pulled off her shawl, wrapped it around Nana and marched her back to her dorm. Oh, you girls, Mrs. B gasped, clasping her hands to her chest. I haven't laughed like this in a while. You with your cheeky poems and cartoons and that little imp fooling my grumpy daughter. Nana did it for us, monkey, I said. She took off her shoes and woolens too, to look like she'd really sleepwalked. Must have been freezing out there. Monkey stared silently out the window. Mrs. B handed me the sheet of paper that had started this whole adventure. Wouldn't want this to fall into the wrong paws. I mean, hands, eh? Thank you, Mrs. Braganza. We headed for the door. Eagle, she smiled. That was my jungle name. A long time ago, when I was at Agatha's. How did you earn it? I smiled. Heard about the time the skeleton in the biolab kept turning up all over school, dressed in different costumes? Yes, Monkey gasped. They still talk about it at school. Santa Claus one time, Marilyn Monroe another. They even found it in the canteen wearing the principal's nightgown. That was you? Eagle smiled raising a finger to her lips. As one, Monkey and I made the time-honoured jungle sign of secrecy, a zipping motion across our lips, a twist as if locking it, then a toss like a key being thrown away. Come see me sometime, Eagle said, as we stepped out the door. And bring your little friend. What's her name again? I watched a smile slowly conquer Monkey's face. Meerkat, she said. Her name is Meerkat. So, what code names do you have for your teachers? Do you have secret clubs with your friends? I'd love to know. Does your brother or sister go to the same school as you? That must be, well, annoying, but so much fun too. Trust me, I would know. This story transported me to my school days and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you did too. You just listened to a short version of Lavanya Kartik's Night of the Doberman, published by HarperCollins in Adventure Stories Flipped Anthology Series. Don't forget to tune in next week and subscribe to the show. See you soon.